Broadcasting live from Buffalo State College, here is The Blitz on 91.3 FM. Welcome to The Blitz on 91.3 FM, WBOY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Studio Activity Fee. My name is Dan Dale, also known as your host today, a.k.a. Double D. Gotta put that in there sometimes, you know. But I'm joined by a bunch of newbies. Oh, my God. I There's no Harrington. Wherever he may be in the world, probably still drunk from last night, hungover. I, I, I mean, Frank's in NYC, supposedly. Sure, Frank. It's not like you're just dodging the show because your team lost. Yep, mm-hmm. You, you know, then Joe, I, I got relatives coming in. Too bad. The relatives can listen. I don't care, Joe. But I guess I'll be with newbies for today. It's okay. It's okay. I'll survive. I mean, Chris isn't so much as a newbie. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm doing well, Dan. How, how are we doing? I, I, I'm doing night? I'm doing okay. That's you know, good. that's good. Uh, we are also joined by Braden Hayes. Yo. And Owen Reed. Hello. And well, let's just talk about that game last night. I am so happy. Uh, it, unlike the rest of Bill's Mafia, I am very happy about this win. I was not worried at all. Uh, I, In all honesty, I did not think Baker had a big enough arm to do what he did at the end. Uh, but I, I guess he proved he has a good deep arm. At the end of the day, Dan, a dub is a dub. I agree with that 100%. You don't know how many times I've been trying to tell people yesterday, like, why are you mad? I know. It's like a win is a win. Who cares how you get it? They grinded it out. I mean, 24 to 18. But at the end of the day, it was a, it was in the W column for the Bills. Uh, Braden, how did you think about the Bills win? Being a Jets fan, and especially coming <laughs> off the bye. Yeah, you know. no, they looked way better. I mean... Um, then weeks prior with uh, compared to like that New England game and everything. And I, I knew they like Josh Allen, everybody had to step it up eventually. And I think I think they'll be they'll be a lot more confident of a team from now on, hopefully. I mean, because I think they kind of just started to adjust uh, with like losing all their a bunch of their starters to injury. I think they're just starting to get in the headspace like, OK, we need to buckle down and do this. And I know, and what I I know, you dress up every time there's a Bills game. So I I mean, what were your thoughts on the game last night? I thought we definitely uh, took a step in the right direction last night. Uh, I thought it was definitely progress. Um, still not like a perfect game all around. Like that, like third slash fourth quarter kind of got like a little shaky there towards the end. But overall, I thought it was a really good performance by the Bills. I think they definitely took a big step in the right direction here, and I just hope they can keep this trend going upwards here. Can I just say one thing about... No, Chris, you can't say anything. Josh what? Allen. Um, what? It was this one play where it was that interception play. Uh, that the really, helmet tip? Yeah. I mean, in that play, like, you have someone coming down mm-hmm. your throat at that point. Why don't you just take the sack? Because that interception, I, I mean, obviously it didn't change the out, outcome well, of the game. I, I can tell you the main reason why you didn't want to take that sack. 
which side was the Russia coming down on? His right side. Exactly. Okay. The the sore throwing arm. He doesn't <laughs> want to take a hit on it. Trust me, kind of last night you could tell he was bracing for contact with that right shoulder multiple times, and you could tell he kind of like he he got ready to yeah. to feel the pain. I, I mean, it just it reminded me a little bit of the Hurts interception that he threw against the Dolphins, where if you have okay. someone coming down your face, mm-hmm. I mean. Me, I would just take the sack. That's just me saying. Well, you also don't want to lose yards because it, it was also, I don't want to say somewhat early. It, it was still somewhat early in the game in the sense of drives played. Uh-huh. And that Bucks defense can always turn it around. Oh, That's yeah. one thing I've learned about the Bucks defense, um, you know, watching them. Todd Bowles. The horrible head coach that he is is still a great defensive coordinator. Yeah, they definitely uh, kept the Bills honest, the Bucks defense. I, I mean, there's a reason why that Bucks defense really helped, uh, why the Bucks defense the Super Bowl year was such a big player in stopping Patrick Mahomes. I mm-hmm. mean, that that is the huge thing uh, in this league is trying to stop whoever you're going against. And that defense could step it up. Bowles had a plan. Um I, I mean, it. they are a dangerous defense. I mean, they still have most of their starters. You could argue Vita Vea was a big piece missing last night, even though I don't know if it would have made a difference if he was in or not. It, it, Vita Vea is a force to be reckoned with. I think the offensive line did have an easier night. But in the sense that he's a defensive tackle and he's going against Osirens, Mitch or Connor McGovern most of the game. I I would be really the most worried about Osiris going against him just because he's a rookie. Um, But with Allen trying to, you know, just take the sack, you don't want to lose yards. You don't want to lose a down. He did try to just throw it down to the ground. I I mean, in all honesty, he did try just to, you know, what can you do about going off the helmet? You know what I mean? Yeah, not much you can do there. But that's just me speaking, in all honesty. I mean, right. Josh is, you know, I mean, Josh is Josh. I feel like you never know with him. This <laughs> offense, it's supposed to be a high-powered, high-risk, high-reward offense. I think for the first time in a while, that offense wasn't that way, where it was high risk, high reward. It was more like low risk, great reward. Um, and the Buccaneers were not ready for it at all. Um, whatever they saw at film, Bills just turned it on a 180, and they were not prepared for Shakir. They were not prepared for Davis. Davis. They were not prepared for Kincaid, who you would think the only tight end on the roster you would be prepared for. Shut no. up. Shout out to Kincaid, though, for his first NFL touchdown. Right, and then jumping into the stands. I yep. mean, he deserves all the props. He's had. he he's been one of the best receivers in the league at, as a tight end. I mean, I think he still has the best completion percentage or reception percentage in the league, Yeah, even after that last night. Just what I've seen from him from a neutral fan perspective. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, the Bills are my second team because, you know, my dad right. is from here. Uh yeah, I mean I like what I see from the rookie. I mean he's he's catching balls, you know he's he's not really I haven't really seen him drop any that I know of. I could be wrong though, but 
I think you guys really found a good, really good backup tight end for Dawson Knox. Well, it's not even that. People are now going as far as saying that either Knox could be a uh, <laughs> going to be a, a June first cut next year, uh, or <laughs> he could be traded right as the new league year starts. Um, I still don't think the Bills will go that far. The Bills signed Knox to a big deal for yeah. a reason. Uh, I mean, Owen oh, Brain, what are your thoughts on Kincaid as a whole? I mean, I like him, and I think it's just one of those things. Football's a business. If Dawson Knox were to get cut um, next year, like it wouldn't really shock me. Like he's very good. I like him a lot. He fits the Bill system and culture very well. It's just it's a business, and it'll probably happen. You know, I kind of think, um, like, with Kincaid and Knox, like, Kincaid is, like, a sure, like, catch kind of guy. Like, he can catch passes when they come to you, but Knox tends to be pretty inconsistent when it comes to catching passes. Like, he can go on streaks of great games of catching all these passes, and then you'll have some other streaks of just not being able to catch all the passes brought to him. So, I know this could be, like, might be, like, a little crazy, but there could be a scenario where Knox could get traded, even though it won't probably happen. But it's definitely a um, pretty interesting situation. Yeah, I think the tight end room that the Bills got right now is definitely an interesting one because Dawson Knox was their number one, and now you see Kincaid you know, stepping up while Knox is out. Could give Knox a run for his money, in my opinion. Uh, while talking about the game yesterday, uh, we did get a caller. Fred from Kenmore, how are you? Good. How you doing, guys? Um, I just want to add my two cents that Kincaid was, was drafted uh, because his hands are on, not yet because he's a rookie, but on, on the way to being on par with Stefan Diggs. He, if the ball is in his hands, it's staying. Um, the, the knock on him in college was uh, that he was injured some, uh, and I, I looked on YouTube for some of the injury hits, and they weren't significant. So, meaning they weren't like these crushing hits. So I worry that that he's vulnerable or whatever, a little fragile. But I think the Bills are tra- probably getting him in the weight room big time to try to make him tough enough. And they're going to limit his snaps. But as far as if, the, if Josh puts the ball into his hands, he's going to he's going to retain possession. And uh, and that's one of the reasons Davis was successful last night was because uh, was uh, uh, that. The Diggs was a decoy some of the time, so uh, the Bills just need to get it together on defense, and they can they can probably get on a decent roll before they hit the the hard team. All right, I'll take the comments off here. Thanks. Thanks, Fred. Uh, we appreciate the call. If you want to be like Fred and want to call the show, you can call in at seven one six eight seven eight fifty one zero four seven one six eight seven eight fifty one zero four. In all honesty, it. it Kincaid like Diggs, it is a fair comparison right now. I mean, I, I brought up his stats. He's caught 30 catches on 34 targets. Yeah, that's That's, I, that's unreal that's... numbers for a tight end. Unreal. Um, uh, especially, you know, not getting targeted much in the sense of playing every game at least 50% of the snaps and being able to haul in almost every target you got. I mean – he only met, he only dropped or was targeted or uncatchable balls uh, two times last night. You know, he was 5 of 7. It, so you're talking before this game, he was 25 of 27. 
That's amazing for a rookie. That is amazing. And I I think the tight ends, with Kincaid being fragile, that is always going to be a worry, but this is the NFL. Injuries happen at any time. I mean, now we're looking at Trey White, and people are thinking he's injury prone. Um, No, he's just suffered two unlucky injuries two years in a row. What what can you do on that? I, I don't know what you can do. Um, but the Bills in the NFL have one of the best strength and conditioning teams, have some of the best athletic trainers because they have the most athletic trainers. Uh, I, I mean, you hear every time that the Bills, if you don't know, have three strength and conditioning coaches. Tell me how many other teams have three strength and conditioning coaches. Not that many. Trust me, I feel like the Baltimore Ravens don't even have one with how many times their running backs get injured every year. I I mean, it is amazing what the trainers do for this team and how they're able to get great results out of the team and able to rehab players to make them look or have them come back better uh, than they were from their injury prior last year. I think the Bills are one of the best teams to do that. It is hard to come back after an ACL. And, yes, it's going to look like, oh, you know, you really need to take those couple of games. And that happens. You, you, can't, you can't tell me people are going to look 100% their first three games back after not playing for a whole year. You can't. But the Bills have made it look most of the time like, you kind of need two, and then you're on your own. You're pretty good. Yeah. Um, I I have no doubt Kincaid, I mean, knock on wood, wherever it may be in this <laughs> this room. Um, sure, right here works. Uh, but I'm hoping Kincaid doesn't get hurt because we're, we're just at this point in the season right now where, you know, we, we are down a lot of men, and I don't want to see – I mean, I like Quentin Morris, but I don't want to see Quentin Morris as my tight end one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Quentin. Uh, really like you a lot. Owen? I did just want to say, I just looked up the stats here. Dawson Knox this season has 15 receptions for 102 yards and a touchdown. And Kincaid, he's filled into the starting row for like the past two weeks, I believe. He has 30 receptions for 258 yards and a touchdown. So I feel like Kincaid has been like definitely a lot more productive than Knox has. And I feel like when Knox comes back, there could be some thoughts as to whether Knox could even get a starting job back once he comes back. I don't think the Bills offense is starting or backup. I really don't think. With the tight end, I don't think it's starting or backup. I think it's tight end one, tight end two. Uh, And it's not, you know, starting backup like I said. Knox is a great blocker. You cannot take that away from Knox. And in almost every Bills offense that I've watched for the past Six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, the Bills have had to have that one tight end who is great at blocking. Um, I, I mean, we had that with Lee Smith when Knox was a rookie. We had that with, I would like to think Charles Clay did that. Sky, uh, Scott Chandler did that because Scott Chandler wasn't a receiver. Um, I, I just think the Bills need that one tight end who can be back and block and still pull out and catch. And in all honesty, I think some of the catches that people are complaining about, maybe that wrist injury affected him way more than everybody thought. Because you're not telling me a wrist injury that he played through for two weeks 
just suddenly, suddenly becomes an IR injury because of surgery. That's a little odd to me. That means it was more severe than I think the Bills thought, that Knox thought, and then I think they finally said, hey, why don't you get a second opinion? Why don't you go out and just see what other doctors say? And we'll we'll make a decision on what you do. And they saw that surgery was required, and they're like, hey, go for it. You know, we need you on that field. We'd rather have you out for the four weeks right now where you face the Buccaneers, the Bengals, the Broncos, and the Jets. I, I would take that as a great stretch to be out compared to Philly, uh, Kansas City, City, the Eagles, Miami. It's like you, you got to pick and choose when you're going to take that leave, and I think it was the perfect time to put him on IR. Um, but Knox will always have his his role, and he will be on that field no matter what. The only – I don't think he will be cut. I think he'll just be restructured. I, I don't think that he'll be cut at all. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they see him, like, extend him in, in the sense of move the money back, add, like, an extra year and extra year or two, and he's here even longer than people thought. And people are going to complain, oh, why you draft Kincaid? Why you draft Kincaid? It's the same thing that I'm hearing right now is, why are you drafting a receiver? Why don't you draft a receiver? Like, shut up, man. We drafted a weapon. And not, and Davis was able to do well, like the Fred said, uh, the caller, was because Diggs was a decoy. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job at being a decoy, but he also did a great job at being open in key moments. Um, and I think it makes sense that maybe he wasn't a decoy in some ways because the Bills, at least the past three weeks before this game, were just digs, 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 digs all the time. And they finally said, switch it. Diggs still runs his out routes, but you're going to have multiple guys open. You make the choice, Josh. So I, I don't think it was so much scheming Diggs as a decoy. I just think that the Buccaneers' plan going into this game was let, let the Bills beat us with a Shakir, with a Kincaid, with a Davis, with a Deontay Hardy. We're going to take Diggs and eliminate him out of the game. They just weren't planning that the Bills were also like, you're eliminated, <laughs> you're eliminated for the game, Diggs. Well, fine. We're going to target everybody else in the world. So, yeah, I think the Bills definitely have some weapons. I mean, Stefan Diggs isn't their only, you know, receiver in my eyes. I mean, Kincaid showed it last night. So did Davis. Um, the thing about Davis, though, to me, I feel like he's just inconsistent. Like one game he'll show up. He'll that's make, his role. Yeah, that's just his role. But when you're in the NFL and you're a professional. I mean, I get some games you you're not going to get targeted, some games, you know, it's just going to be like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Gabe Davis. You show up one game and then next week it's just like zero targets or one target, something like that. If they if this wide receiving core can be consistent, you have I mean just I'm not trying to, you know, brag, but the Eagles have, you know, AJ Brown and DeVonte Smith. Those are two. And now I have one. Julio Jones, too, and Dallas Goddard. Well, what else do you want to Julio Jones it? is old, in my opinion. I mean, I yeah, know. he can still catch, but 
I don't know. He he played like I think a quarter percent of the snaps Sunday night. But if if I can see, you know, Gabe Davis being consistent like a Diggs, like a Dawson Knox, I think this Bills offense can really get going and really honestly steamroll some teams if, you know, if Josh Allen spreads the ball around. I know his favorite target is Diggs, but I mean, you also have more, you know, more players around you that can that can make a play. I could make the argument that Diggs or not Diggs, Davis has been actually pretty consistent. This year? This year okay, yeah. in the red zone. Previous years I just feel like he was inconsistent. Davis was mostly used as an over the top, draw the safeties away, have Diggs be open, have that third guy be open. Mm-hmm. Um that's what they've always played. This is like the first game I've kind of seen Davis as his own. Like, he's not going over the top every play. He's mm-hmm. not running down the field 15, 20 yards. He was doing little hook routes, yeah, little curl slants, routes. I, I mean, he was able to – I mean, that's why he had such a great game, that he had the nine catches. I mean, it helps that you have Diggs on the other side yeah. and people are going to look at Diggs <laughs> all night long. But, I mean, Davis is a freak when you think about it. I mean, he is your big target. He is what I think people wanted – in the sense of why don't the Bills go get DeAndre Hopkins, right? DeAndre Hopkins is six four, big guy, able to make the big catch and the big play. I mean, we've seen it one too many times, but <laughs> that's Davis's role, and Davis has finally been able to say, like, hey, I can do these short little routes that you need me to, and I'm able to catch that 50-50 ball in the air. Like, just trust me. And they trusted him. And ding, did it work out. Yep. I, I mean, even on that touchdown that he caught, I'm shocked. Nobody, nobody on that Tampa Bay defense, and they are one of the best red zone defenses in the league, which is why the Bills had so much trouble in the red zone. Nobody followed him. Nobody. He was wide open. Yeah, he was I, clear as day. Yeah, I, I saw them, I think, following Diggs that play. That was a touchdown when he was all alone on that left side of the end yeah. zone, right? Okay. Yeah, I think I saw, like... <sighs> Like two or three bucks trying they to go all, after Dave. They all caught and went to the to the went right. to the right. Yep. I I mean it was just a, I don't even know. It's not even a perfect play call. It's just a perfect time to be alive for broken coverage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you could tell somebody was supposed to be there, and whatever Josh did, I mean I have to look back at that play. But whatever Josh did, either rolling out or at least giving the look like he was going to go mm-hmm. to the right, was perfect. It was just perfect. Yeah, you couldn't couldn't draw it up better than that, honestly. No, I don't think you ever can. Yeah. Um, You know, I want to switch to the defensive side of the ball. Or no. No, I don't. (laughs) No, I don't. I deny myself from switching because I have another point to make. I think everybody can get involved in this point. Why are the Bills trying to hard count so much? That's oh yeah, I saw all those calls. They did like a LeBron call. They did a Taylor Swift was one of them. They did a uh... no, it was J.R. Oh, Smith. Audible. They they confirmed it was J.R. Smith. Uh, and and then they did a Bobby Wagner call. Right. Yeah. They did roast beef as well. Did they? <laughs> I did not catch that. But on the sense of being in the Tampa Bay's um, zone and being at least on their forty some yard line, each time that they got stopped there. In the third and fourth quarter, they uh, just went for the hard count, 
took the delay of game penalty, and punted it away. In my eyes, it made sense. It made sense to do that, but a lot of people were mad. I mean, when you're having a punter who's having a day like, you know, y'all's punter did last night, punting, what, all the way inside yeah, they, the 10-yard line? Yeah, they were like line? dimes at the 3- and 4-yard yeah. line. And then the last punt, his last punt was, uh, it was like, if he touched it, it would have been at the 1, but he just narrowly missed it. No, he actually did touch it. Oh, it did, did actually come back in. It stayed at the 1. It just bounced back out. Oh, okay. And gotcha. no one was there. Uh, uh, that, But... Sam Martin, I mean, there's a reason why you paid that guy the bucks, and he he proved it last night, man. I, uh, I I think people were complaining so much. Oh, why don't you go for it on fourth and one, fourth and two? You know, they're easy plays. They're supposed to be plays you convert. Did you not look at the Bucks short field defense? Mm-hmm. The Bucks short field defense is elite. Is elite. They stopped Latavius Murray. On the goal line. On the goal line where the man has been fumbling and bumbling the whole season and falling into the end zone. Uh, they just said no. There was also a fourth and goal at like the first quarter, right, that you guys went right, for? Right, and it was the and pass. It was just a great defensive play. Yeah. That, that was perfect communication between the defense, which does not usually happen with other defenses. That it was, I believe it was Kincaid. Levante David was on Kincaid, following him. Then he shifts it over to White. He, like, tells White, go follow him. White then follows him. And then White then picks up, because the ball is hiked, he picks it, He uh, takes the wide receiver. I think it was Shakir. Mm-hmm. And then Kincaid is still going, but the corner who was on Shakir, I think N'Kobe Dean, didn't have anybody. He saw Kincaid going around, and he just came in and blocked the pass. I mean, it was kind of lucky it wasn't a pick six right there. But, I mean, I understand just knocking the ball down in the sense of you're at the goal line. Yeah. Just knock it down, give your offense the chance to do what they do. But did anybody really have complaints about the punts last night? Not at all. I love the punts. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see why anyone's complaining about that. I mean, you're de- the defense is people ste- were. Step- when you have a defense who is stepping up, pin, pin, when you guys pin the opposing offense and, like, they're inside of their own 10-yard line. I just I don't see how you can complain about that. I mean, there was, I, th- I want to say, a couple three and outs that you guys caused the Bucks inside their own 10. So, I mean, it's just, in my eyes, I, I don't, I don't you know, when your defense is playing that great, when you're pinning the opposing offense that far deep into their own territory, I mean, you just got to go with the hot hand, right? Right. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, the Bills decided not to get aggressive. They decided not to run up points. This league is not about running up points. It never has been and never will be. This league is just doing whatever it takes to get the win. Yep. Like Miami did. Miami said, we finally have enough at 70. We're okay. We can hold back now. (laughs) Took them 70 points to figure out, hey, we can kind of like go off the gas here, but... You know, I I think the Bills understood that, hey, we're up by two scores. It's the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left. You know, our defense has been on point tonight. Mike Evans hasn't done a thing on Benford or Dane. Um, Really, the only offensive weapon that had the greatest day that I've seen was Godwin. And Mm -hmm. that was it until 
about the fourth quarter. Um, and I, I just think it was the right move to go, hey, we trust the defense. And a lot of people are saying, oh, that was McDermott's ego getting in the way. That was, oh, McDermott's a defensive coach. We want to see the defensive coach, you know. Uh, the defense needs to close it out because I'm a defensive coach. Like, no, no, that's not the point of McDermott. McDermott's going to do whatever it takes to win. I don't know how many times he has to prove that to, to the people and to the fans. I mean, he's done what has be- been best for this team since the time he got here. He's done what he thinks is the best pos- possible option. He's led us to multiple dig- division playoff ex- uh, appearances. He's led it to a championship appearance. Uh, I-, I mean, yeah, we're missing the Super Bowl appearance, but screw it, that could be this year. I, I mean, you never know. I- I've had enough of the... I want McDermott gone. I, I, you know, I hope Mr. Joe Kelly, when he appears back on Monday, will will say, I'm okay with Sean McDermott again. Because I think he just overreacted on I'm last week, uh, last week, um, last week's walk to the you, Patriots. They had back-to-back losses before this game, right? No, no. It, it wasn't? It felt like it was supposed to be three straight losses. But, no, it was Jacksonville loss. Giants win, mm. then Patriots Patri- loss. Oh, okay, okay. So it was. It, it felt like three losses, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, in all honesty, I liked how this team played. I liked how the defense played. I I was happy through and through. The special teams were amazing. I mean, even Hardy. Hardy is amazing. And people are like, oh, why don't you use him on offense more? Why don't you use him on offense? Do we remember Naheem Hines from last year? Naheem Hines was our punt returner, our kick returner. He was special teams guy. He was just straight up special teams. And people were like, oh, why aren't you going to use him? Wouldn't you want the guy who can make great returns have his breath, have the ability to go at full speed? Wouldn't you want that? Instead of using him in the offense, tiring him out. Like, I never saw people complain when we had Andre Roberts on the team and use him in the offense. You never saw that. I never heard that once of, oh, we need to use start using Andre Roberts. Everybody just kind of agreed. Oh, yeah, Andre Roberts is your return guy. What's different? Wait, what? Because we traded for Hines and Hines is a good, fast running back? Cook is about the same as Hines if you look back-to-back at them. They're close enough to each other. Hines is probably a little bit faster, and that's all. Then you look at Hardy. Shurfield and, you know, Shakir, you can kind of put them all together in a group and be like, who's who? You know, it's like they're the same person, almost. I, I just think people are overreacting, trying to use people in the offense because you want a different look. Like, let the special teams cook. Because they're cooking. And they aren't burning the house down. They are making a flambe of everything on there. I mean, that punt return by Hardy. Everybody thought Hardy was down. Like, at one point, I think everybody just stopped moving. Like, they stopped being engaged. They stopped doing anything. They were just like, oh, yeah. And and they just started watching Hardy do his thing. They're like, oh, yeah, he he missed a tackle. Oh, look at that. He broke a tackle. Oh yeah, he almost made it to the end zone. Like, yeah, 
I think I'm gonna agree. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that, Dan. I mean, if you got a punt returner who's who's you know doing all those returns like Hardy is doing, I just yeah, like you said, you you don't want him to lose his breath on for those returns because he's he's going hard as you can see as you know if he has the room to run, he's going to take that space and run. He's not gonna fair catch it. He's gonna want to get his yards for his offense to put him in you know a better position. Trust me, I think the Bills, and I think everybody can agree with me on this, the Bills are one of the only teams who I've not seen done the fair catch at, like, the 1 or the 15 or use that new rule where you can, you know, down it in between a certain area. I forget the area, but they just said, nah, screw it. We're returning it. We're going. Like, screw y'all. We can go and get it. Um I mean, the only time they don't return it when it's deep in the end zone or they know it's going in the end zone. They just rather take the 25 yards when it's going past the area of play. Mm-hmm. I I just think it's so smart for the Bills to do that as well because teams, I don't know, they, they practice for it. They, they always do kickoff and punt, you know, practice, but... Sometimes when you just expect a team to do a fair catch, you don't give it your all. You just don't. I, I think that's almost every like gunner, every um, you know, every defense trying to go at the returner. Sometimes you're just like, well, there's no point to this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to return it. We're kicking it in a certain area that they're just going to wave it down and take whatever they get. Hardy's like, no way. The coaches don't tell me that. They trust me to return it. Um, I I think Smiley has done a great job with the special teams. Um, I do have a very open-ended question question to this one. Who is worried about Tyler Bass? Is anybody worried about Tyler Bass? I, I mean, I say don't be too worried. I mean, he did he? How many did he miss any field goals last night? Or no, he only had the one. He only had the one, and the game before he he, he missed had... uh, the one that got put on the fish hook. Oh yeah, with the with the wind, the yeah. hook line, it just yeah. went to way to the side. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all human; we make mistakes. I mean, I would just say give him. You know, he had two games where he missed one field goal. I don't think that's really grounds for him to be cut. But, I mean, obviously, if it keeps continuing and, you know, he misses more than one field goal in a game, then I think there's, you know, that concern creeps in. Like, hey, do we need a new kicker? Do we have to talk to him? You know, what do we got to do? But in my eyes, I think, you know, just just let it, you know, let him play. And if, you know, he keeps continuing missing field goals, then obviously you're going to have to look at it. Because the only reason I say are you a little worried about Tyler Bass is because I I know I said yeah you don't want to run up the points I mm-hmm. mean that is not the point of that game but in anybody's mind of mine and they're like back of their minds just kind of tickled their brain the little little weird way and said why isn't Bass going out for a field goal just just to make it seventeen points mm-hmm. you know you're at that area where Bass can kick it I mean we all know Bass has that leg he has the accuracy. When he's on point. But like we mentioned before, you take the delay of game penalties and you punt. Yeah. I I mean, 
is there not anybody just kind of a little alarms going off saying they don't really trust Basel right now? Like in just just for this moment because he's in that just that downhill point, and I think his really first big downhill point of his career. Well, I feel like with like a lot of teams, like. You see a lot of teams, like in recent years, like a lot of teams go for it on fourth down. Like a lot of teams don't really seem to care about the field goals anymore because they kind of have the mindset like, hey, if we don't get the first down here, this team is going to be pinned back far deeper. Hey, I trust my offense enough to make it. But like there's probably like so many like points just hanging out there for all of these teams because all of these teams are just refusing to use their kickers because it's just turning into like a fourth down league now because like nobody's using their kicker. And as for being concerned about Tyler Bass, I'm not really concerned about him at all because the only times he missed it was during the Giants game where the wind was whipping around all the place and everything. And before that, he was perfect on every single kick so far this year. So I'm not worried about Tyler Bass, but um, I for like the fourth downs and everything, it's just one of those things where like teams are just starting to slowly switch over and they're looking at the analytics and seeing oh, it's a high percentage to convert it. Why not go for it? And you see how great the Chargers are at doing that. The Chargers aren't that good at doing that. So, um, yeah, it's just like a slowly changing league. But at the same time, you got to, like on fourth downs, like in quite a few situations, just take the points and just don't leave them out there. And I have one more thing that I really want to talk about before we head for a break for a couple of minutes. Did anybody else believe that the punter last night should have been ejected? Oh, my God. Yes. 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 <laughs> Thank you. I saw the Thank video. You. I saw the video afterwards on Twitter. Even this morning, I was like, how did this dude, like, they didn't flag that or anything. This man straight up took they his helmet the off. Flags. They got to find him. They like picked him up. They picked up oh, the flags that's... because there were flags. Oh, my God. But I, I, I know looking back at the play, it kind of looked like Bernard was kind of like he pushed his pushing up on it. So it could have been that he just like took it off because now it's uncomfortable or whatever. Or, or just he wants to be in that uh, mindset to go bark at somebody. Yeah, um, I saw... I definitely saw, like, a swinging motion. There was a swinging motion. 100% a swinging motion from that kicker using his helmet. And I, I want to understand why the refs did not do anything about it. I hope the league looks into it, though. I mean, I, I don't know if you can do suspensions after the after, game. Because I mean, they can do fines, though, right? I mean, granted, that's, like, chunk change. For right. I don't they can remember. find anybody anytime. Yeah, <laughs> they, they can yeah. do angry. Remember... Tyreek and no socks still get oh my God. you know I just feel like that's fine. chump change for them. Oh, it is. <laughs> I feel like the only reason why that kicker didn't get ejected or anything is because he was a kicker and like they don't have anyone else on the team, so they're probably just like you know that doesn't matter. I I don't think it matters if you know depending what position you are or if the refs think they know what position you are. If you do anything that is illegal and is cause for ejection, you're ejected. I'm sorry. You put your team in that position. That's not my fault. You decided to be too much of an egotistic maniac and swing your helmet. I, I, I mean, in all honesty, we saw that with Miles Garrett when he got mad, taking Mason Rudolph's helmet off and used it as a weapon. Like he was in Spider Man yeah. and just like <laughs> swinging it around, like yeah, I, I there's got to be something. Yeah, like I, there has there had to have been something. I mean, there's no way they did not see that. 
but that's that's just me. And it looked like I I mean even if he didn't hit anything because I did think he kind of grazed Rousseau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it wasn't. Like he's a, still attempting to swing. Yeah, it wasn't a full on like he had full contact with right. Him, but yeah, it, was just it wasn't a swing that. Well, you, it was smart by him because it wasn't clear as day. It wasn't like he lifted it up like Miles Garrett did mm-hmm. and just went pound town. <laughs> you know. He he just straight up just kind of did a little short like arm raise yeah, and used like, his strength. He tried to like hide it yeah. type thing, but it's still clear as day in the video exactly. that he you know brought his arm back. But you know, I'm not a fan of refs. That's just me. Okay, I'm glad <laughs> most of the, I I think everybody kind of feels that way. But it's also like there is some like. There is some reason that it could be that it wasn't ejection worthy. Yeah. And also, I think the refs last night were so bad. Does anybody <laughs> else are. agree that with that? That the refs just, they like started explaining the penalties. Like usually they just go, illegal hands to the face, five yard penalty, automatic first down. That, now yeah. they're like, illegal hands to the face on the quarterback because he, he the hands it. were on the face. <laughs> like, we get the penalty. Like, we understand you're giving a penalty. You don't have to explain every point of the penalty. We can go and look back and see who did it yeah. or, or why it was called. I, I mean, there's a reason there, there are people who record the game on the DVRs. So if they're going to the game and they see something they don't, you know, they don't have a good angle on, they can go back home, go to the DVR, press play, and go to that certain play and, like, look back and forth at it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they have the video replay for it. Like, what, <laughs> are so many Swifties starting to join the NFL <laughs> that they need to explain penalties like, so that they understand what the penalties are? They said, guys, our audience are now mostly Swifties. Yeah. We have to explain. We have teenage <laughs> girls as our audience. Screw the men now. They understand it. We have to explain it better. I don't know if anyone saw it, but I saw like a little. It was like a split second when I was watching. Someone was wearing a Kelsey jersey at that game last night. Didn't you see? I think somebody else had a sign that said, where's Taylor Swift? Oh, my God. I mean, at this point, like people know what they're doing now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's like. I mean, part of it is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Can I just say Josh Allen is also dating a famous person? Yeah, hey, and that just like that? really died down once everyone found out about Travis Kelsey, because I think that well, was a big thing that. over the summer with Josh Allen. Yeah, definitely here. I heard a whole bunch of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Josh Allen's got a new girlfriend. Josh, this and that. It's just like let the man be, you know. <laughs> but that's just I don't know. I just feel like it's too much now. <laughs> I agree. No, I I a hundred percent agree uh, that. With Kelsey just somehow dating Taylor Swift and having Taylor Swift being friends with Brittany Mahomes and having a handshake that has gone viral. Can I just say what really blew my mind, though? I don't know. Did you know that the Eagles offensive line made a Christmas album last year? Yeah. Apparently, we talked about that oh, a no, lot. Dude. Yeah. Well, I wasn't we here like, last year. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I heard rumor. I don't know if this is true or not. Mm-hmm. That Travis Kelsey apparently is joining them for that for the next album. Oh, that will be great. That but it's just great. like it's an I'm Eagles offensive line thing. Now you're gonna get someone from a whole different team on it. 
No, it makes sense though. I'm okay with uh, NFL Christmas album. Yeah, I mean, NFL you can't player go... Christmas album. Man, we have the NFL choir. I remember they went on really? like AGT and stuff. Yeah, Who's America's the NFL Got Talent. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie is a part of it. Oh, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know some NFL players are on the. I think it's called the Mass Mass Singer. Might be former yeah, NFL Mass Singer, players yeah. though. I yeah. don't know about Terry one. Bradshaw was on it. Gronk was on yeah. it. Yeah. A lot of former players go on it. I don't, I don't see the point in <laughs> it, but okay. Um, They're doing extra things outside right, of football, yeah. you know? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> they want to sing their hearts off, whatever. They're doing their side quests. Right. <laughs> uh, I think with that, we're going to head to a little break, and when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the Bills-Bucks game last night. Want to get into the Hail Mary, and uh, would the refs call that, or would the refs not? And would we got in a repeat of that Hail Mary, uh, depending on what was called? And then we'll get into week eight picks because now we don't have a Bills game to talk about anymore. We don't have a Bills game to preview. So we can preview a lot of other games. Um, and we even got the Sabres tonight. The Sabres going against the New Jersey Devils. We'll talk about that a little bit when we get to it. But keep listening to the Blitz on 91.3 FM. Ryan Fitzpatrick on yesterday. What yeah. He said Matt Milano was the team's spirit animal, mm-hmm. and they were still kind of looking for that. And I don't think they've exactly found who that would be, but the defense, I think, has started to zip things up a little bit better over the week since they lost Matt Milano in London. It wasn't magical, but they still got after Baker Mayfield. They hit him ten times. They okay. sacked him three times. But you know what I thought was odd was Kair Elam, healthy scratch. Healthy and active. With a first-round pick, 18 months later, he is a healthy and active with a Tuesday trade deadline coming up. Mm. There has been a lot said about this Bills secondary. Teams like to throw against them. They've had a high pass completion percentage thrown against them this season, which isn't great. So to have Josh Norman, who signs on your team two weeks ago, 35-year-old, he plays last night, and Kyrie Elam is not playing. I still think Sean McDermott, wearing the defensive coordinator hat for the Bills this season, he's still tinkering and trying to figure some things out. Norman made a big hit on special teams. Kickoff. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Like, out there. He's, yeah, he's on yeah. kickoff coverage. 35 years old. Yeah. Light people up. It's pretty cool. Love that. that was Good Morning Football. Talking about the Bills' defense last night. My name's still Dan Dale, joined by Chris Giacobella, Brian Hayes, and Owen Reed. And I did kind of want to get into Elam a little bit because he's his own big story right now in the sense of, is he going to be traded on Tuesday? I think, in all honesty, he can't be. I I mean, trust me, a couple of weeks ago, about the London game, show after, I think, on that Monday... I had a 10-minute rant about how much of a bum Kyrie Elam is. Trust me, I had a 10-minute rant about how much of a bum and a bust he is. And I still believe that. I still believe right now that if Josh Norman is starting over him, he is still a bust and a bum. But why can't you trade him? I can tell you why. What happens if we have another injury? Let's say Benford gets injured again, or let's say Dane, who's been having that nagging foot injury, reaggravates the foot or something else with that same area. But what happens? Do you really want Josh Norman as, as your next coverage guy? 
or Cam Lewis? Yeah, I don't I don't see the Bills. I mean, the people are missing the point why Cam Lewis and Jamarcus Ingram and Norman are active is because they're happy with Benford and Dane being the coverage guys. They have trust with at least the fourth guy in, in Norman or a Jamarcus Ingram going in. But they're mainly there for special teams. They're just mainly there for special teams. Cam Lewis is a great special teams. I, I Jamarcus Ingram is great special teams. They mentioned Josh Norman last night off the kickoff return. Great special teams. They're not being used as coverage guys. I still believe Kyger Elam is the next coverage guy, and the only reason he is a healthy scratch is because they just don't have room for him. They don't. It, it, it's not because I don't think there's a doubt in their mind that they want to use him. I think he still has his own problems of trying, not being able to keep up with receivers and holding on to them. I think that's still a huge problem they're seeing, and that's why he's not being active because they don't want to take the penalties, and you can't afford mistakes right now when you're four and three. You can't afford them. Because I can say the same thing about people wanting to see Dorian Williams last night, the rookie. People were okay with Bills making mistakes, and I'm like, you can't have mistakes tonight. This is one of the biggest bounce-back games of the Bills season right here, right now. You cannot have mistakes. Yeah, I think they need to also keep him for the depth as well, like you said. I agree I, with that. I mean, you're already down Tredavious White, mm-hmm. um, Matt Milano on the defensive side of the ball. I know he's not a defensive back, but, I mean, those are two of your basically top, top-tier defenders. And obviously it's the next man up mentality. So, I mean, I think Elam's, like you said, they don't they can't afford these you know costly penalties and this you know we're already halfway through the season now um yeah i just i don't see them getting rid of him because like i said i i do think they need that depth and you know i was he drafted last year or the year before when he was drafted uh, last year last year okay yeah he i think you know, he's still developing a little bit. Granted, it's been a year. But, I mean, they got Josh Norman now. I know he's 35 years old. Um, but I think, honestly, you just got to keep him for that depth. Oh, and Braden, your thoughts on Kyrie Elam and if he may get traded on Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, that high of a draft pick, I feel like you just can't cut unless they're really, really not producing. I mean, you're not playing him. But you just have to keep him on the roster for depth and – see and just try to develop him as much as you can yeah I think for and for Kyrie Elam's spot like where he is we always tend to give like our younger players we always give him like a good like three years at least like we gave Epinesa three years given Groot three years like we gave Allen three years everyone wanted to get rid of Allen after two years so I think it's just you gotta wait you gotta be patient with our players our young players let them wait out I don't think we're gonna trade him I think he's still maybe a little bit too valuable to get rid of, especially this early into his career. So I'm um, sure he might not be like a great cornerback right now, but he still definitely can be in the future. It, that time is just not right now. Right, and I I definitely agree with the idea of three years. I mean, everybody wanted A.J. Epinesa gone. 
he hasn't produced as well. I mean, the last time I produced, I remember he produced before the season started. I remember the one Miami game where he knocked like Tua out a little bit. You know, that's that's really what I mainly remember Epinesa doing last year. This year, he's a completely different person. Even last night when he got the sack, he only played 21 snaps. He only played 31% of snaps. That is so small for a guy who's made such a big impact. Yeah, he's definitely been balling He's had a career year with playing less than 40 snaps. Because I understand that the Bills' defensive line rotates a lot. But nonetheless, he's he only is getting a small sample size, and he's still producing amazingly. I mean, yeah, maybe it's not the batted balls every time, but I think teams are not worried about doing that because they're just worried Epinesa is just going to pull off and just go bang. You know, like, I, I think there's a reasons why that they didn't do a lot of screen last night, the Buccaneers. And I also think they're not that great of a screen team because they don't really have a running back able to do that great of screens. Um, no offense to Rashad White. White's still coming into his own, but I just don't think he's there yet. Uh, it's only his second year in the league. First time as a full-time starter. Um, I did really like how the Bills decided to use three safeties. They finally decided to use rap. And it's not even how that they decided to use rap. It's how they used rap. Rap was not playing linebacker as much. He was playing way more safety. Because you know who was the linebacker? Jordan Poyer. The guy who's been making tackles for every year of his career you hear. It's a great plan. They put him at linebacker last year. They put him at linebacker because Dodson only played 62% of snaps. He only played 42 snaps, which is 26 less than everybody else who was out on that field 100% of the time. Jeez. So you're telling me that we finally have kind of figured out the linebacker problem or we have that guy who can come down, even though he's a safety, boy or a rap, they know how to make tackles. And I think Raph's finally feeling comfortable enough, like, hey, I know this defense. Remember, he's only here on a one-year deal. And I wouldn't be shocked if after this year he's going to get a bigger deal, uh, just to do the other reasons. But I think this is going to work for the long term. I think Bernard is still... He's a top five tackler in this league right now. He has exploded into his own. I mean, I like Dodson. I like Dorian Williams. But trust me, they they just sometimes don't have the speed or sometimes miss the tackles that Milano would make. I think everybody can go back into every game Milano has missed and said Milano would have made that. Milano would have done that. I I just think it's now finally starting to work. Like, hey, we have this third safety that we've been holding on to and he hasn't been playing much. And the last time he played, Devontae Adams tried to go after him and take a shot. A stupid shot that was. I still remember that. Why don't you worry about getting playing time on the two team? Yeah, okay, Taylor Rapp, why don't you just break up the best safety duo in the league? Sure, Devontae. Yeah, why don't you worry about winning with the Las Vegas Raiders? Jeez, (laughs) worry about the wrong things, buddy. But nonetheless, I digress. 
I, I just like how this defense is still being aggressive and is still being able to hit hard. Yeah, last week they didn't do that. That's, that's but, the one thing I can say I really respect the Bills about is they're – I mean, they kind of struggled a little bit defensively uh, a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, just how they – like when you see them playing, you know, great defensive ball mm-hmm. – that's you know that's the identity of the Bills team. I mean, yeah, you have Josh Allen. Josh Allen's going to do what Josh Allen does, as well as Stephon Diggs. But when you see this Bills defense play the way they, you know, just play phenomenal, it's it's the staples of this Bills team. And I think last night's game, granted, they you know gave up eighteen points. You can see them turning it around. And you know, playing that great D that they always play. Uh, and before we move forward, you've been listening to Blitz on ninety-one point three FM WBNY Buffalo, Buffalo's original alternative since nineteen eighty-two. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Student Activity Fee. And I agree. I like this aggressive defense, and I think people are now like, "Oh, it's way too aggressive." But it's like a couple of years ago with Leslie Frazier, yeah. we're complaining it's not aggressive enough. <laughs> Where, where's the good middle ground for everybody? Uh, it seems like you can't please anyone here. No, no, not anymore. <laughs> I, I think, I, I don't like to say it, but I think Bill's Mafia and I think other people are starting to become too, they're becoming like perfectionists. They just want to see perfection. Yeah. And it's hard to get perfection every game, every single down, Yeah, especially, every year. Especially in this league, I mean... It's definitely a week-to-week league. I mean, the last time you saw an undefeated team was, of course, you know, the Patriots. But how long ago was that, guys? Like 10, 15 years ago? Owen, do you know? Uh, I'd have to check real quick. What, yeah, what was it again? That undefeated se- I mean, they didn't oh, finish undefeated, but they, of course they lost in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was like 2007 or something yeah, like that. That's, that's like, like the ago. last time you've seen someone like not lose a game in the regular season. And nowadays it's just it's, – it's really hard. I mean, the NFL is a parody league. Well, I mean, you can have a team winless one week, and then the next week they just ball out, you know, just – run over a team and it's just like this team has no wins how do they just do that you know <laughs> you know Fr- fred really liked us once but he <laughs> wanted to come back again hi fred how are you good thanks so uh two things real quick uh the, the bucks won a super bowl i know they had tom brady but uh they're they're far from the worst team in the league in theory then the other thing is um uh, i agree with the consensus about the defense there because if uh, Phillips doesn't grab, and I, you guys may have covered covered this because I was out of the car for a little while, but if Phillips doesn't grab that guy's face mask, the Bills have the ball at the 50 uh, and might have gone down for a field goal or a touchdown and used up a lot of clock. So uh, the game winds up two, two touchdowns plus instead of the barn burner uh, that it was. And then the final small thing is uh, they could have lost this game because the ball hits the ground next to God when he was the closest guy to it. And he didn't even see it coming because uh, he threw it up, uh, what's his name, threw it up so high in the air that it probably got caught in the lights or something. But we could have lost that game if Godwin would have seen that ball because no one was really uh, in his face at that moment. All right, I'll take the comments again off the air. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem, Fred. We appreciate the calls both times. Uh, 
But I think that really, even though that Phillips did grab the face mask, and it was stupid by Phillips to grab the face mask. There was no reason for it. Baker was going down on his own no matter what. It would have been Bill's ball. But how unlucky is that Mike Evans touchdown that happened? How many other times do you see a receiver catching it off another guy's helmet? Not, How many other times? Not often. I don't see that much. <laughs> I, I really don't. Uh, so I just think that play was more, you know, I, I mean, Phillips was dumb enough to grab for the face mask and go for it. But I think the results because of it, it was just so lucky by Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay had one of their luckiest games I will ever see uh, with just how they got points this this game. But, I mean, you can even say the same thing about the two-point conversion where Phillips actually gets, like, a hand on it or it goes off his helmet and it perfectly lands to Kate Octon. Yeah. Like, how many times do you see that happening either where it's just a ball in the air and nobody else is there except for the guy on the other, time, on the other team? Um and then on the Hail Mary, yeah, I, yeah. I did want to discuss this because the Hail Mary is big in its own sense. But I think it was smart of the refs not to call a penalty because there were penalties on both teams for sure. You saw Mike Evans push down, I think, Poyer. You know, so that's offensive pass interference. And then people want to say Bernard got defensive pass interference. But even if it did happen, both deserved to be called, and it would have been an off saying you're redoing the whole play again, which I don't know if Baker was able was going to be able to do that again. Um, if Godwin sees it, though, does he catch it? Yeah, I was watching. Does he catch it? That is the question. Yeah. Does he catch it? And I just don't think he does. I think he was having a perfect game, but you can also say that Bernard was still kind of on him. So the momentum just I, – I mean, until Godwin kind of spun around on Bernard – he, his back was toward the ball the whole time. Bernard kind of just spun him around a little bit, and he started looking back. Yeah. I, I mean, before that, he was not looking at the ball. So I, th- I, was- I, I think if Bernard he doesn't spin him around, it's just going to hit him in the back of the helmet. He's going to go, oh! Yeah, I want to say when I was watching that, that last play, I felt like he turned around as the ball was kind of – I'd have to watch the video again, but I want to say it was probably, like, around his, like, already going towards the ground, that ball. It was, like, near his maybe hip area when he turned around at that moment. But, you know, again, that is a big what if. Right. Um, Does anybody else have any final thoughts about the Bills game before we move on? I think we covered everything. Covered everything? All right. That's good to hear because... It's time to make some picks because we're in that second hour. Let me pull up these games here real quick. So we all know Bills win last night. Everybody had the Bills to win except Frank. Haha. I had I said twenty four to twenty one. Right? Ended yeah, you were. <laughs> you don't count. You don't count. <laughs> You, you didn't pick a team. I you did. Don't count. I picked the Bills. No, you said just, <laughs> can I be neutral? That's that, not, no. To start off. To start off, I said that. No, you can't. No, uh, I'm not accepting okay, that. Okay. Uh, let's go. Let's do Jacksonville. 
coming off the long week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Braden, we'll start with you. We'll go around to the right. I'll finish. Uh, Jags at Steelers. Jags at Steelers. Give me the Jags. I want to say Pittsburgh, you know, because they've been pulling these games out of God knows where. Um, even with the the dysfunctional whole Matt Canada thing. But give me uh, give me the Jags by ten. I I will also go with the Jaguars. I just feel the Steelers' defense can take over a game at, like, any moment, but I feel like the Jaguars have just been more consistent in winning football games here. And I don't even know if the Steelers should have won last week, but I will go with the Jaguars here by seven. I'm going to have to agree with both of y'all. Big Doug Peterson believer. I mean, he's definitely got that Jags offense rolling. He's definitely an offensive-minded guru. He, He knows what he's telling uh, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence knows what needs to be done from him by Doug Peterson. Uh, the Steelers, their past couple games, I know they just were on the bye. Haven't really, you know, been that Steelers team. I know Roethlisberger's been out for a while. I know, you know, Ken, they expected Kenny Pickett to be that guy. But I'm just going to have to pick the Jags here. I like what, you know, like I said, Doug Peterson's doing. I think the Jags are going to really dominate the Steelers on Sunday. I 100% agree. It is a clean sweep. The Jaguars are going to win this game. It's just too easy of a pick for me. I just don't think the Steelers offense, they've done great holding other teams to less points than them. They are amazing at doing that. But they have been outgained, I believe, by 660 yards throughout all their games uh, together. So mm-hmm. I, I just think Jacksonville will get the sneak on the Steelers. Moving on, let's go to the first time that the number one pick, the number two pick, and the number three pick will all be playing each other. The Houston Texans, led by C.J. Stroud. And the Bryce Young, new look, new offense, Carolina Panthers. I'll take the Texans. Texans, I really like them. I really like Stroud. Um, I'll take them by 10 again as the uh, Jags I took. But, um, yeah, I think it won't. they won't dominate, but it'll be a comfortable win. And I'm going to also go with the Texans here. Uh, I think the Carolina, I feel like, has been trending in the right direction the past couple weeks. They're going to be due for a win at some point. But this is, it's a tough game to pick here, but I'm going to go with Houston by three here. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to pick Houston on this one. I mean, if you just look at what C.J. Stroud has been able to do, the number of yards he puts up every game, and then Carolina still winless. Like you said, Owen, yeah, I I know they're bound to win at least one game sometime this year. But against the Texans and C.J. Stroud, I just I don't see it. I'm going to have to pick the Texans on this one. I'm going to be different. I had the Texans like two seconds ago. <laughs> but I'm going to change it to the Panthers. I just think, you know, I wanted to see this new offense first before I picked Carolina. But I can also see it in my mind. It's a new offense. Houston doesn't know it's coming. So I could see Carolina Carolina shocking the world and just saying, hey, we can still win games. 
Frank Reich being like, thank God I handed off the offensive play going duties. Um, so I just think Carolina's going to win. So I'll, I'll I'll be the one lone wolf. Wait, was he calling the offensive yeah. plays the whole time? Frank Reich was calling them. He uh, handed them off to the offensive coordinator before the bye week. Oh, Mm-hmm. I did not know that. So then they had a long time to adjust. Yeah. Which makes sense. It's not working. Switch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on, let's go to the NFC North battle. The Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. Give me the Vikings. I think they're on the right track again um, with that terribly rocky start at the beginning of the year, uh, even with Jefferson and all that. But... um. And the Packers, they haven't been impressing me too much. Give me Vikings by 14. Ooh, all right. I am also going to go Vikings. Not by 14, though. Wow. I'm going to have them winning by four. I, The Vikings are definitely trending up in the right direction. And I feel like the Packers have kind of been flatlining these past couple weeks. But it's a divisional game. Uh, I think the Packers will definitely be playing better this game. But... I think the Vikings got a little too much going for them right now, so I'm going to go with the Vikings here in a close one by four. I'm going to be a little different, and I'm going to pick the Packers on this one. I mean, the Packers dropped three in a row. Obviously, they're not very happy about it. Um, This game is in Lambeau. It is. So, I mean, obviously, divisional game, it's going to be a close one, no doubt about it. But I'm going to have to say that the Packers are going to get back on the right track on Sunday and pick up this third dub. I agree with you, Chris. I think the Packers will win this game. I think that even though the offense has been lackluster at points, they are still a – they're still really young. Yeah. You just got to stick with them. And I think this Vikings defense hasn't shown me anything exciting. The Vikings offense is – Good at some points and then bad at others. Um, so I, I just think overall, Green Bay can do it, man. Green Bay can shock the world. I mean, maybe it's not the biggest shock in the world uh, because it's not like Minnesota's favored by a lot. But I, I still think the Packers can pull it off and get a win. Yeah, last two games for the Packers have been a one possession they game. They lost to Denver. So yeah. I would assume they would want to beat the Vikings after losing to Denver. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah. <laughs> Moving on, uh, let's go to the AFC East battle. Why not do another divisional battle? The New England Patriots against the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins at home against the Patriots. They stand no chance. I mean, I'll be honest. Um, I can't see them scoring more than, like, 14. I mean, Mac Jones did play, like, amazing for no reason against the Bills, but I I can't see that happening ever again. (laughs) I mean, um... Miami's just been so good. Give me Miami by, like, 20. I don't know. It'll be a blowout. I am also going to go Miami here. Uh, I think the Patriots will make it a little bit respectable here. I think the Patriots will be able to move the ball a little bit. I think uh, their offense is definitely trending in the right direction here. But it's just they're going against Miami, and I don't think they're going to be able to outscore Miami here in this one. So give me the Dolphins to win this one by 13. I see Miami as favorite by nine and a half, but I'm going to say Miami by three. It's a divisional game. Um, Yeah, the Patriots won last week. We all know that. But I just, it being in Miami, 
the don't get me wrong. I think the Patriots do have a good defensive, you know, s- defensive team. But just with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, it being in Miami, I'm just going to have to pick the Dolphins by a field goal on this one. Give me the Patriots. <laughs> Give me the Patriots, man. I'm going to take them. McCorkle. <laughs> Big Mac. <laughs> Mid-Jones. Uh, exactly. Give me Mac. Give me Bill. Give me JC Jackson. I don't care. Whoever does it, New England. I I just really hope wins the game. I just I just need them to. I hope. I so just too. need them to. As a Bills I mean, fan, you're right I may never I may never want to root for the Patriots, <laughs> but in the sense that they're probably gonna have another pitiful season for like ten straight years, I'm okay with them winning one against the Dolphins. I'm okay with ruining them for once. So giving the Patriots. Let's move on to Braden Hayes' team. The New York Jets against the New York Giants. I'm just hoping I don't get disappointed this game, you know. Um, I think we should be able to move the ball. Not with these. I mean, Jets don't do anything with these, if I'll be <laughs> honest. But um, I'm expecting to move the ball a solid amount. I'm expecting our defense to show up. Give me Jets 20 to 9. I I will also go with the Jets here. Uh, Daniel Jones is out with his neck injury again, so it's going to be Tyrod Taylor starting yet again. And Giants couldn't get a whole lot going against the Commanders' defense last week, and the Jets have a lot better defense than the Commanders do, and they got Sauce Gardner back as well as DJ Reed. And I think Zach Wilson will be able to move the ball somewhat efficiently here. So I'm going to go with the Jets here with a score of 24 to 10. You know, it's funny. I was going to ask where this game was, but it doesn't even really matter. <laughs> they, they both play in yeah. the same exact They stadium. both play in New Jersey. Giants, <laughs> Giants are technically home, so it's just going to be blue. See, that always just, like, it weirded me out because, like, who is, like, do they have, you know, their own locker room? Like, are the Jets going to have to be in the away locker room? Yeah, I do they, they have will. Their, yeah. right, they're the away game. <laughs> But moving on, um, I I didn't even realize Sauce Gardner was going to be back until you said something, Owen. Yeah, they <laughs> they both cleared concussion protocol. I think that's what they were in. So yeah, they're both they're, they're both, both ready to go. Okay. Um, I you see, I was gonna say Giants up until you said that. So I think I'm gonna have to swing over and pick the Jets. I mean, like you said, the Jets defense is is phenomenal. I mean, Robert Sala. How he has that defense playing, I mean, it's just phenomenal. And you, you just, I don't see any hateful words towards that defensive side of the ball because when you're playing good ball, you know, you just got to appreciate it. And I'm just going to pick the Jets on this one. It's going to be a close one, I believe, because, you know, the two New York, quote-unquote, New York teams. Sorry, <laughs> but I think it's going to be a close one, and I'm I'm still going to pick the Jets. I'm picking the Giants. Come on. Give me the Giants. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor is your daddy, <laughs> and he will show you why this Sunday. Those Giants are going to go ham on your New York Jets. They have a defense. Haven't heard of them. <laughs> Haven't seen them in a while. Don't remember. But I'm going to take Tyrod. Tyler. Tyrod does well against the Jets. I, I mean, in all honesty, he has some of his better games against his Jets. 
When's the last time he played the Jets, though? Uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. He was 17 of 26. Two touchdowns, one interception. Ooh. Okay. So it was pretty dang good. Yeah. And guess what? With Zach Wilson as your quarterback, you ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Zach Wilson is still a big, fat bum. <laughs> so give me the Giants. And now we're going to move over to your team, Chris. The Philadelphia Eagles versus the Washington Commanders. Give me Philly. I don't know by what. Um, I'm confident that they will win this, but it, it might be close. Sam Howell's been kind of inconsistent. Sometimes, some days he'll ball out. Some days he'll just not do anything. So, yeah. All right, I'm gonna go with Philadelphia here. I know the first time uh, these two teams played, mm-hmm. it was a very close game. It was like 34-31 or in, something in like overtime. that. Yep. And ever since then, the Commanders have been on a steady decline, and Philadelphia. Uh, just destroyed a Miami team last week on primetime last week. So I don't know if Washington has much of a chance in this game, but it is a divisional game, so who knows. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles in this one by, let's say, 17. That's very generous. (laughs) (laughs) That's very generous. (laughs) Um, I mean, I'm going to have to hand it to you. God, this is such a toss-up for me. I love my Eagles. But the first game I saw them play against the Washington, I, you know, I don't say the Commanders. I say the Commies. <laughs> oh, I still <laughs> um, say the Redskins <laughs> time to time. Um, you know, they definitely, they definitely were playing above their heads. And that game was at the link. And to bring that Eagles team into overtime at the link is definitely hard to do. This time it being in Washington – I think the Eagles are going to struggle a little bit, obviously, to start off the game because, you know, it is a hostile environment. I would like to see Jalen Hurts play a little better. Is it, my... Chris, is it hostile because the stadium is breaking down? I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, that's that's one way to put it. <laughs> but, you know, divisional game, they definitely had us on the ropes last game. I hope the defense can learn from that because defense gave up a lot of yards. But with the addition of Kevin Bayard on that defensive side, I think our passing game is going to be a little bit better defending the pass. It's going to be a close one for sure, but I'm still going to pick my Eagles by seven. By seven? By That's seven. pretty good. I mean, I got it. I love the idea <laughs> of the, the Washington Commanders being hostile yeah. because of their stadium. <laughs> Uh, they're going to try to injure Jalen Hurts with another, uh, a, what, railing again? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. They got to fix that. They got to fix that. I hope they're making a new stadium. Here it is. It is. Eagles fly on the road to victory. Dub this Sunday. I, how can I not pick them? How can I not? I still have Jalen Hurts and Darren. Dallas got her on my team. The brotherly shove is going to be coming at full force this Sunday. No, they deserve it. I, I, I definitely think the Eagles should win because they're going to be on the road to victory. I agree. Eagles! I mean, if they can play better than the first time they played the Commanders, mm-hmm. then they had they had this game in the bag. Moving on. Let's go. I don't really want to talk about this game because I I think we all know the results. 
the Chiefs against yeah. the Denver Broncos. Do we all want to say it together in unison? Yeah, I'm down. On three. One, two, three. Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping somebody said Broncos. Yeah, yeah I, right. I, I really thought about it. Yeah, yeah me too. But I was like, nah, Broncos! <laughs> no, no way. I don't see the Broncos winning this game. They got their win last week. I don't think they're winning this week. I'm sorry. I, I mean, unless if uh, Harrison Bucker's out, then maybe they got a chance. Can I just read this from the ESPN? That the Denver Broncos are currently trying to snap a 16-game skid to the Chiefs. Oh, that's great. So you're telling me they have lost the past 16 games yep. to the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. Make it 17. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't see I mean, them ending it. The Jets were like what, like zero and fifteen versus yeah, Philly? Yeah, the Eagles, yeah. and then yeah, I kind of had a little feeling <laughs> that they were gonna win it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that defense, like I said, the Zach Jets Wilson, defense, Zach is Wilson's just, elite, yeah, is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. They knew how to stop Hurts that day. They really did. They did. Moving on, let's go to the Los Angeles Rams. And since they're not here, the Cooper Cup-led Los Angeles Rams. Can't complain to me this time. <laughs> and the Dallas, we're a little pansy Cowboys. The Dallas Cowgirls. <laughs> Give me the Rams. I mean, I don't know. I, I think they've been they've been playing well. Uh, you got Cup. You got uh, Puka Nakua. I mean, Stafford's been good. The Cowboys... Are always a wild card. I feel like I don't have a score, but just give me the Rams. I I really want to go with the Rams here too, but I'm gonna have to go towards the Cowboys here. It's definitely gonna be a close game. The Rams' offense has been really good here, but uh, the Cowboys uh, they are a very up and down team. But I don't know at home against the Rams. I I don't know. I feel like uh, the Cowboys can get a lot of stuff moving there on offense. So give me Dallas, 31 to 27 in a high scoring game. I can't say it, but I'm picking the Rams. And I, I think uh, everyone here knows why. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm just going to have to pick the Rams. Fair. Fair <laughs> I cannot fair. root for these Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think Puka Nakua is going to go off. He's been playing phenomenal for the Rams. Is Cooper Cup playing this game? Or is he hurt? Yeah. He is? playing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, with the loss of Tre- Trevon Diggs, don't get me wrong. Trevon Diggs is a spectacular defensive back. But I think the Rams are going to take it in Dallas. Um, Matthew Stafford's going to be that typical gunslinger of Matthew Stafford that you see. He's going to throw for 350 yards. And the Rams are going to beat the Cowgirls. I agree. The Rams have to beat the Cowboys. I hope the Rams beat the Cowboys so bad. So bad that Jerry Jones leaves the stadium. <laughs> I would love to in the see fourth that, quarter. I would love at the to start see of that. the fourth quarter. I hope he's not even in the box. I hope he's already yelling at Mike McCarthy on why aren't you doing that good of a job? Dak Prescott is a bum. He is. He's a bum. He is not going to lead this that team to the Super Bowl. Bottom fifteen quarterback in the league. Jalen Hurts, a million times better than him. Yeah, great. Moving on, let's go. To the New Orleans Saints against the Minshew Mania Indianapolis Colts. Give me the Colts at home. 
I like Minshew. Um, they've been playing very well without uh, Richardson, and I think they will keep it up. Giving them by seven. All right, yeah, like you said, the Colts have been playing really well this year, uh, especially with Gardner Minshew in there. Gardner Minshew has been balling out there. But I don't know if it's going to be counted as an upset, but I'm going to go with the Saints here by four. It's gonna, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game here. I just feel like at some point the Colts' offense is going to end up slowing down eventually here. I feel like against the Saints' defense with Cam Jordan and company over there, that's going to be the team to slow them down just enough on offense for Derek Carr to get a score here late in the game and win this one 20-16. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick the Saints on this one. Uh, I mean, the past two games, the Colts have given up over 70 points. Um, Don't get me wrong, Garner Minshew's a great, not a great quarterback, he's a good quarterback. Let me rephrase that. He's a good quarterback. Um, But I'm going to just have to pick the Saints on this one. It's Definitely going to be close. Um, but I'm going to just have to ride with Derek Carr and the Saints. I agree. I, I just think Derek Carr and the Saints are so good. Um, I, I mean, especially when they were coming back against the Jags. The Jags did not deserve to win that game in any way, shape, or form. I still believe that. If Foster Moreau just pulls it in. But I digress. They're going to beat the Colts. They're going to demolish them. I think the Colts have been looking good, but they just can't keep the turnovers down. That's just going to hurt them against the Saints, where they have the best corner duo in the league. They've just been shut down this whole year. So I I just think it's going to be again. I think Minshew probably has two, three picks again. And, you know, the Colts fans are going to be depressed again. (laughs) Moving on, let's go to the P.J. Walker-led Cleveland Browns against the Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks. Um, Who's home there? Seattle. Seattle. Seattle, yeah. Seattle. I mean, Cleveland's defense has been impressing me for sure. Jim Schwartz definitely turned that defense around. And, like, I'm Jets playing a week last week of the season. I'm going to be hyped for that. That'll be, a, that'll be interesting, but... Give me the Browns just because of their defense, and I think they can step it up. And PJ Walker has been doing like just enough to win a game, so I'm I'm confident in them. Give me them by like, give me them by three. I, I'm also gonna go Browns. I was hoping I was gonna be the only person picking the Browns here for my upset, but I got the Browns winning here by three. PJ Walker, I think, has been playing really well so far, and the Seahawks, I feel like on offense, have been a little inconsistent. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the Browns here in a kind of high-scoring game here. I got 30 to 27. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to go different here. I'm gonna pick the Seahawks on this one. I mean, don't get me wrong, the Browns have a great defense. Like I said, with Jim Schwartz, he's definitely been turning that that side around. Um, but Seattle, they're when you play Seattle in Seattle, I mean, they're called the 12th man for a reason. Um, it's hard to win in that stadium, I think. Uh, and I'm going to just, I'm going to have to roll with the Seahawks on this one. I actually have to go with the Browns. I, I like the Seahawks. I like what they're doing. I think they're still a really good team. But they're 
most likely going to be down both Tyler Lockett and Kenneth Walker. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, they're most likely because uh, Lockett's dealing with a hamstring, and then we all know with Seattle running backs, at some point they get injured um, during the season. So that means Zach Chabernet is in line to most likely get his first big load of the year, or it's DJ Dallas. So either way, two running backs who are meh. Um, I I just think Cleveland's defense will be shut down, um, you know, just with, just with Metcalf, you know, it's it's not enough against this Cleveland defense. Uh, and the offense has been doing enough to keep them in game. So, I'll go Cleveland. Moving on, let's go the Baltimore Ravens against the Arizona Cardinals. Give me the Ravens. Uh, Cardinals, they were, they were doing something earlier in the season. They were uh, somewhat competitive. But the Ravens, I like them this year. Um... They've been playing competitive. They've been winning 5-2 and two right now. I don't see it being close. I don't have a score for you, but uh, yeah, Ravens. I'm also going to go with Baltimore here. Uh, there's a chance Kyler Murray plays on Sunday. I don't think it, personally it's going to happen. If it does, if he does end up playing, it might be a very long day for the Cardinals offense because Kyler Murray has not played in close to a year here. So, and I don't think the Ravens' offense is going to be as electric as it was against the Lions last week, but I do think it's definitely going to be really good against the Cardinals here with a score of 26-6. to Slightly bit of a low-scoring game, but give me Baltimore here. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I think Baltimore is going to take it. I just, Arizona is not the Arizona that it used to be. Um, I, oh gosh, uh... Yeah, I'm just going to have to go with the Ravens on this one. I, it's just, I don't see it being close, honestly. I mean, I think Lamar Jackson's going to go off this game like he did last game. Not as much, but the Ravens, I think, are going to have a, going to be like a good, good win for them, I'd say. Yeah, I think Baltimore is just going to win this game out, right? Mm-hmm. I Even if it, you know, whether it be Kyler Murray or Josh Dobbs, it still depends. It still could happen that Murray gets his first start of the year. Um, but nonetheless, it's not enough to beat the Ravens. The Ravens are on a roll. They just demolished Detroit. They're on to demolish Arizona. It's pretty easy to demolish Arizona. But, but I'm not going to leave it out of the pictures that Arizona can win. They won against Dallas. It could happen again that Baltimore just overlooks them. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Cardinals have a pretty good game against the Ravens. Let's go. The Atlanta Falcons and the Tennessee Titans. Maybe the last game for the King in Tennessee. But nonetheless, I digress. Braden, <laughs> go ahead. I got Tennessee here. Um I don't know how Atlanta is four and three. I just saw that. I was like, "What?" Um, they do not deserve to be four and three, really. Uh, I mean, they have a pretty good defense. Their offense is just questionable at times with the quarterback situation. But uh, I'm not a big fan of Tennessee either. But I can't see them losing this. Give me Tennessee by seven. All right, I'm gonna go the other way here. I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Falcons. I feel like losing Kevin Byer definitely does leave a bit of a hole in that secondary for Tennessee. And I feel like the Falcons' defense is pretty has been doing pretty good in recent weeks here. 
and the Titans offense doesn't really seem to get the ball moving a whole lot. And even Derrick Henry hasn't been having a crazy year as he normally has in recent seasons. So I'm going to go with the Falcons here. I'll go 24-17 here. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Owen. I, not the score, but with uh, with Tennessee losing Kevin Bayard, um, it definitely definitely looks like this Tennessee team is looking at a rebuild. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just have to pick the Falcons on this one. Uh, definitely gonna be a close one. I don't know about high scoring, but I think the Falcons are taking it. <laughs> oh boy, what you got for us, Dan? Back. <laughs> oh yeah! Finally! Get rid of this stupid bye week because I need to yell about the king, Derrick Henry! And I'm making this extra special because this might be the last time I see him in Tennessee! It's Oilers week, baby! Oh, Derrick Henry is gonna ground and pound your whole team, Atlanta! <laughs> you have a defense? Well, they have a Derrick Henry! Totally oh, the game is gonna run all over you! Titans. Very passionate from Dan. Thank you. It's been, Very. It's been too long. <laughs> I do want to say um, real quick, earlier today, I don't know how reliable this guy is cj golson i don't know if anyone knows who that is but he did say uh it says here per source the buffalo bills and tennessee titans are in serious discussion on a trade scenario that would send all pro running back derrick henry to buffalo in exchange for a day two draft pick derrick henry in yeah. buffalo well well the problem with him and i looked at some of his tweets he also said odell was coming here so i don't believe <laughs> anything he says uh, you know, he, I just don't think he's that reliable if he was saying, Odell is close to signing with the Bills. Mm, didn't happen. Clearly did not. Uh, so, oh no, I'm taking that with a grain of salt from that guy. I need to see a rap reporter or a chef on that. Yeah. Moving on. Let's go Cincinnati and the 49ers. The Sam Darnold 49ers. Uh... I forgot Darnold is starting, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Uh, I'll take the Niners, because I'd love, I'd love to see Darnold ball out. I think he can. I think he's capable. He has the tools there. He has the protection. Bengals have been shaky. Give me Niners by three. All right, I'm going to go on the other side here. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Cincinnati is just one of those teams, much similar to Kansas City, if they, if they enter a slump like in the beginning of the season, you know at some point... They're just going to start winning games, and before you know it, they're going to be right back in the thick of it. I think that's the case with Cincinnati here as well, even though they are 3-3, three and three, which is, I mean, a pretty rough start. But I think they're going to start getting things going here, and it's going to start against the Niners here. And I don't think uh, switching out Brock Purdy for Sam Darnold is really going to change the offense a whole lot. But I do think uh, Cincinnati's going to make some big stops on defense, and I think the offense will be somewhat functional there for Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati will win this game 27-23. to I think I'm going to have to pick the Niners on this one. Um, they're actually coming off a two-game losing streak. Uh, it's going to be in San Fran. Sam Darnold, I think if you 
I think he's in the right situation here. I mean, he's got... I don't... Does anyone know if Debo is still out? Are they down? Debo's out this game, He's, yes. He is out? Okay. What is George Kittle? George Kittle's playing, though. Kittle's right? fine. fine. Uh, McCaffrey should be playing. Trent Williams, I okay. think, should be playing as well. I mean, if they got McCaffrey, I'm going to have to pick the Niners. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think McCaffrey might run over this Bengals team. If not... Just like Derrick Henry? Yeah. The king! But he's the not king. the king. <laughs> McCaffrey's not the king. He could be, but... I'm going to just stick with the Niners on this one. I'm going to go Cincinnati. I hate picking Cincinnati, but they're coming off their bye. It's too good of a matchup. Sam Darnold. I know everybody looks good in the Kyle Shanahan offense, but it's Sam Darnold, and that's the only reasoning I need for this. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need any other logistic reasoning. I just know Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold sucks. Uh, so give me the Bengals. Uh, T. Higgins is going to get back. Two touchdown day. He better because I started him over Gabe Davis. <laughs> Sadness. Uh, but moving on, let's go to the Division Two Chicago Bears. <laughs> the XFL Chicago Bears. The SUNY Bears. The, the SUNY, SUNY Bears. Bears. I love that. <laughs> Against the, we have to charge her because we are the Chargers because we charge her the Charger and the Charger. Los Angeles Chargers. I hope, um, how, what's his last, Bagnet or something like yeah, that? Bajan or Bajan? something like that. Yeah. yeah, I hope his his 31 family and friends are still there. That'd be pretty sick. Did you guys see that? His 31? He had like yeah, 31. Yeah, he brought like, like so his, many people. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah the, that's, his that's uh, first specific start. amount. Though. Yeah, I know. It was like 31. <laughs> um. That'd be pretty sick if he brought him back. But uh, I'd love to see him win. I just don't think it's going to happen. Give me the Chargers by 10. I, I'm also going to go with the Chargers here. But the thing is with the Chargers, they never make it easy for themselves. I don't think they're going to be winning here by 10. I'm going to go with them winning here by 3. I can see that. I think it'll definitely be a close game per usual. Um, but I think the Chargers just have way too much more talent than the Bears have right now, which is going to be my main reasoning here for having the Chargers win. And I think Justin Herbert will bounce back uh, a bit nicely here and give me the Chargers here by three. Oh, this is this is an interesting one, I'd say. I'm just looking at Is it really stats. that interesting? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, it, I mean, the Bears could win. I mean, the only <laughs> D2 quarterback in the league. I mean, don't get me wrong. Justin Herbert does ball out. But it's just I feel like the Chargers give up their leads. You know what? Give me the Bears on this one. Wow. <laughs> Give me the Bears. I'm going to be that guy. I'd like to see it happen. Me too. Yeah. I feel like everybody would. What's it? Uh, no. Tyson no? Badgett no. is going to go off MVP against the suspect team defense of the Chargers that cannot stop the pass. Give me the Bears. The Bears. That is fair. That's a, that's a fair <laughs> statement. But I kind of agree with Owen that the Chargers will charger and the Chargers can charger at any time because they are the Chargers. <laughs> and yes. sometimes the Charger just doesn't work like Joe did on uh, oh, yeah. Wednesday. Then, yep. Charger didn't work for his computer. Chargers don't work at all. Uh, so I just think the Chargers are going to game-winning field goal with four seconds left. That's what I was thinking. Let's, let's just go with that. Yeah, that seems like a Charger thing to do. I mean, if they win by more, congrats, you know, but 
I'm not expecting more. And then the last game of the week, the Las Vegas Raiders, with Jimmy Garoppolo supposedly back, after his back, (laughs) or against the Detroit, I had my kneecaps ripped out, (laughs) Lions. They did last week. They did. They did. I don't care about last week. I don't care that they lost like 30-something to six. Give me lines by 17. They got to get back on track. They are serious. They are a good football team. They got to prove it this week. All right, I'm also going to go with the Lions here. But I got a fun fact here. Lions safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson mm-hmm. has changed his name to C.D. Deuce. So there's a fun fact for you guys. When did that happen? That just happened like in the past hour. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions here. I think they're going to rebound nicely. The Lions always seem to just have, like, that one weird game, like, whoa, what just happened? And then they just go right back to doing what they're doing. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Lions here. Uh, I'm going to go, let's see, what was my score here? 26 to 10. I don't think the Raiders will be able to do much of anything against the Lions here. Um, I think the Lions will be able to move the ball pretty well here against the Raiders' defense. Again, give me the Lions, 26 to 10. Yeah, Jared Goff. I think it's just been different for this Lions team. And with that reason, I know they got there, like you said, Dan. Their kneecaps absolutely ripped last week. But I think this is going to be a bounce-back game for Jared Goff. I'm going to pick the Lions on this one. I'm picking the Lions as well. The Lions are just, they need the comeback game. And I need Jameer Gibbs to get, like, three (laughs) touchdowns. That would be nice. Uh because this is probably the most important week in fantasy for me in a long time. Uh, so I kind of need a win, and that would help. So I'm going to take Detroit. I think Vegas is still pitiful on or all four levels of the game So because their coach, bleh, I don't even want to talk about. Uh, so give me Detroit, and that's going to do it for our picks, but it's not the end of the show. We still got a little bit to go through. Why don't we talk about the Sabres? Sabres play tonight, 7 o'clock. Sabres against New Jersey. Eric Comrie is supposedly in that. And uh, I just want to get game score predictions. I want to get score predictions. Is that a, is that at KeyBank tonight? Uh, or is it? I believe know? it is in. It is at KeyBank. It is at KeyBank. I believe so, yes. Uh, do we know who's starting in that, Dave? I said Comrie. Oh, Comrie. Sorry. I <laughs> I don't know that many Sabres goals. No, you're okay. All I know is UP because you, you guys, yeah. Yeah, you guys always mention him. Uh, gosh, I don't know. I think, I think the Sabres are obviously you know they do Sabres things. Um, does anyone else want to <laughs> have a say in this? Because I do not have a say. Yeah, I got the Sabres <laughs> gear on, but I'm not. Like, I'm not super smart on talky talk, <laughs> but. I'll go four to three Sabres. I don't know if that's a bold pick or not, but uh, I'm not sure how the Devils are doing right now either. But um, the Sabres, I do know, are pretty good in the beginning of seasons, except for kind of this season a little bit. But they do um, play pretty well in the beginning of seasons here. So I'm gonna, I think four three is a pretty reasonable score. I don't know about you guys, but that's what I'm feeling right now. It is reasonable. I mean, in the sense that. You know, I can definitely see the Sabres defense giving up three goals. I can also see them giving up five. Um, (laughs) You know, I I can see a lot of things that, you know, at some point, maybe ten. 
Uh, but the Devils haven't had the greatest start either. We're both kind of on a slow stink with each other. We only have won three games. They've only won three games. It's a Lindy Ruff revenge game. Um, and Lindy loves being the Sabres just because it's Lindy. Um, you know what? Lindy, I love you. Please throw us a bone for once. <laughs> just please. You know, we can get to overtime or something. Like, just give us a point. You know, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I'll, I, I think I'll take the Sabres to win six to five in overtime. I think it will be high scoring. I'm going to say five, four. Okay. Sabres are going to, they're going to grab a goal in the last five seconds of that game. Ooh. And they're going to. That's, that's something different. It's not the opposing <laughs> team scoring a, a goal in the last five seconds. But we have one more thing before we say goodbye. And it's always a fun thing to do. It is Immaculate Grid. Immaculate Grid. It's always the Immaculate Grid. If you've never played Immaculate Grid before, it's a 3x3 three three grid. Three teams or season accolades are on the top. And then three are on the rows. Today's Immaculate Grid on the top. It's a little different because it's Immaculate Grid number 100 in the football world. Woo. Woo. <laughs> uh, it is a thousand plus y- uh, yard rushing season, a thousand yard receiving season, ten thousand plus pass yards career, and then it, it has two of your teams, <laughs> but it doesn't have mine or mine, right? Both. <laughs> so it is the Jets, the Commanders, and the Eagles. I would love to throw one out for the Jets, a thousand yard receiving season. Which one? Give me Eric Decker. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, at least of all the days to have, you know, a Jets fan and an Eagles fan. Today is the day. (laughs) All right. For that 1,000 rushing, I want to say. I don't know if Jalen Hurts has done it yet. Who? Brian Westbrook. I like it. 2002 to 2010. Yeah. That's probably the only Westbrook there is. Correct. 24 percent. Picture. That's crazy. Wow. People know him. <laughs> I got. I got the. Uh, I got one for the 10k pass yards for the Jets. Oh. Chad Pennington. Don't. Don't you. Don't you dare. Don't. Don't you dare. Nine wow, percent. Oh How my are people Nine percent. <laughs> for that 1,000 receiving yards. Yes. I, I, you can you say. Like? Deshaun Jackson, Jason Avant, Jeremy Macklin. I like Jeremy. Jeremy Macklin. Macklin. Let's I go feel Macklin. like I feel like people wouldn't know Jeremy Macklin because Macklin was he was a really all good over the place yeah. near the end of his career. Look at that! Yeah, see, see, I know the <laughs> algorithm. I know how this works. And then pass yards. You could say Donovan McNabb, but I feel like everyone. That's who I want. I feel like you can say the Jaws, too. Ron Jaworski. Did Mark Sanchez. Yeah, that's what I was also thinking, because we did have Sanchez for a while. You did. Um, um, you could say uh, Wentz, maybe? But no, I, feel like, I don't think Wentz has yeah. had 10,000 in his career yet. So I'd say either McNabb or... 
Vic, even maybe. I, I'm okay with Michael Vic. Vic. I think. Vic. I feel like he definitely had. You know what? I feel like more people are gonna go Vic. But yeah. So let's go McNabb. He definitely had. Yeah. He definitely had that. Forty percent. Wow. He's probably the most popular. Yeah. By All that. Right. Uh, I'm ready to finish up the Jets here. <laughs> give yep. Me, give me Chris Ivory. Oh I was God. thinking Chris Ivory. I wasn't sure though. Oh yeah, I, Ivory was amazing for one or I two I love how years. they got the yeah. Bills. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. the Bills. That's great. That's great. Uh, I love how we just completely yeah. skip the Commanders. <laughs> Who cares about him? Uh, Alex Smith. I feel like uh, I got the receiving uh, for you could put Washington. Deshaun Jackson. Pierre Garçon. Oh Whoa. yeah, that's a name I haven't heard in a. I have a uh, I ha- I I collect football cards. I have a like a thousand something receiving card of him, oh so I God. know that. <laughs> He's just. It's I right don't know there. why, but football cards help, man. I got uh, a guy for passing yards for Washington. Oh, how about Joe Feisman? Joe Feisman. Oh, I did not think about that. Couldn't you have said RG three two? Hmm. Can you? Maybe. Did RG3 Did have, have 10,000? 10, I don't think RG3 had 10,000. No. Yeah, we can always so. look after. Maybe rushing. Rushing? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> mm, that, could, that could be it. Um, who else would have a really good... Alfred Morris? I like Alfred Morris. Because I think it's also... I collect <laughs> cards and I know that. Uh, yeah, Wentz did go to the. <laughs> you know what? If I ruin it, it's okay. I'm going Alfred Morris. No, I hey, didn't ruin it. Hey, I yeah. didn't ruin it. We're <laughs> back. We're fine. We're good. How many? Oh, oh Kirk was Cousins seven. was the most. McNabb was it's the so, most popular. Yeah. Wow. Oh, we didn't even think was. They had AJ Brown already. He yes. literally oh, just got to the Eagles last Quinn year. Quinn Porris. I didn't not know who that was. Wow. But uh. Wow, that was uh, that's pretty easy when you have two fans, two teams there, two of the three teams. Let's see, what were we thinking? RG three for ten thousand passing yards, and we were questioning about that. Yeah, or or rushing too. I feel like it was not rushing. You don't think he ran for that much? Uh, It would be hard. I feel like he could have. I I put it on my grid and it didn't take. Oh, it it didn't. Yeah, I just I feel like RG three ran a lot when he was. Like his, definitely his rookie season. That was such a long time ago. You know, sorry, I have to choose a team filter here because for some reason they just, you know, oh my god, it's giving me all the teams. <laughs> Jeez, they've never used this one before. There we go. Yeah, get my results. Come on, hurry up! I got a minute left here. While I'm searching things up. Let's throw out the socials. Brayden, you go first. Instagram at 66BHZ. Owen, you're next. I, I am on X at Omeister, which is O-M-I-E-S-T-E-R. Chris, you can find me on, I still say Twitter, or X, whichever you want to call it, at CJocobello17. It's very stupid because I searched it up and then it's like, subscribe to this website to see the full results. Thank you for nothing. Lousy. Lousy. You can find me on Twitter. Slash X. 
at double underscore D, capital W-N-Y. You can also follow the Blitz on Instagram at the underscore Blitz underscore on underscore 91.3 FM. I don't know if there's another underscore in between 91.3 FM and WBNY, but it's okay. It's long. And then you can also follow YouTube because we're going to start posting things. The 91.3 FM WBNY YouTube channel. We're going to start. Chris, you want one more thing? What do you want? Yeah, but well, no, before we go, I just want to say something that's going to be happening over the weekend. It's going to be a big weekend, actually, in the soccer world. If anyone follows soccer, that is. Mm-hmm. You have El Clasico tomorrow with Barcelona versus Real Madrid. And also a big game in the English Premier League on Sunday with the Manchester Derby happening. That is Manchester United versus Manchester City. Just wanted to say very that. Very nice. Very nice. I, I will be watching Man City versus Man United. Very excited for that. But that's going to do it for this episode of The Blitz. I hope you all enjoy. I hope everybody has a great, fantastic football weekend. I know I will. I know Owen will. Hopefully Braden does it because the Jets will lose. Chris will have a good weekend. And besides that, Frank, I hope you're enjoying NYC and crying at the same time. Okay, uh, that does it for our show. We're going to get out of here. Thank you for listening to The Blitz on 91.3 FM. WBLY Buffalo. Buffalo's original alternative since 1982. Brought to you by the Buffalo State Studio Activity Fee. See you Monday.